Thank you so much for honoring the invitation. How do I pronounce your name right? My name is Usman. Usman. Where are you from, Usman? I am born and raised in France, but my my father is born and raised in Guinea, and my mother she's born and raised in Senegal. So, okay. But we are all we are all Pearl Fulani. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. So, you where did you grow up? In France. You grew up in France. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get a chance to also check out my podcast and see some of the work I've done? Yeah, yeah. I watched the. I I listened some of them. Like one I really like. It was the episode about, with uh, Barry. Barry, yes, Barry, Barry, yeah, yeah, yeah great really guy. Yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Mm. So I'll tell you about myself and why I'm also doing this, and then maybe we can start. We can start our chat, right? Okay. Yeah. So my name is Jude. I'm based in Accra, Ghana. Okay. Uh, so I started doing this two years ago, and the main reason why I started doing the podcast is is I want to create an archive of conversations I'm having with artists, right? Okay. Mainly from, from the global south. Because I, I feel like as artists, we don't document and share our stories enough. Mm-hmm. And I want to create that platform where we have conversations and videos of artists just sharing their stories. Because all we see is a finished body of work on Instagram or on some platform, right? right. Yeah. We don't really hear these conversations that we have where we can just open up and talk about our work and express ourselves, document our journey, how we started and then solve our thought process on, on the work that we create. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's why I, I started doing these interviews. So, so far I've done a little over 90 interviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as I said, my goal is to create an archive of these conversations over, over a period of time. So I was just doing some okay. Instagram research and I came across your work and I was like, it would be great to, to touch base with Usman as well. I think your your work is is unique. Your work is different. Um, Thank you. Now I'm trying to also develop that eye where I can like um, sort of identify with the artist through their work based on what I see, and then I can have a a real connection with them through the conversations I'm having. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so I'm, I'm really honored to to have you on the podcast today, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward for a great conversation. Okay, good. Let's do it. Like, uh, let's go. It's really funny yeah. because me also, I'm, I'm doing a podcast, but my goal is kind of different. Oh, interesting. Uh, what's your podcast about? Yeah. Um, I'm asking to other artists how they get successful. Okay. Uh, my goal is to share this knowledge to other artists like me or uh, the other artists, younger artists. Like this, they gain more time okay. and lose less time than us and grow faster than us and become stronger. Okay. You also mm. want to share like hacks and tools for upcoming artists so that they can shorten their learning curve to becoming great artists. Yeah, I think it's it, it's so important because like, my, I think we are just the first generation of uh, black uh, folk who start to do it in art world mm-hmm. because before 2010 like we was not able to enter a museum it was really rare you see a black folk in museum or gallery and now like that start to be massive 
but we have to keep farming this is not like have to be a trend but have to be a habit uh, uh transform this in soft power for black culture and black community because everyone yeah. when you think about black we think about the music the sport this kind of thing right yeah uh, now we start to get like uh, also the culture art and everything so so this I, I try to give to the young black artist okay okay um i think you, you touched on several interesting points usman first of all how do you also define success for yourself and then why do you have this curiosity to sort of like give back to up and coming artists for me there are two level of success there's the personal success and the global success the personal success is of course if i reach my goal um my goal uh, for a long time was first at the beginning was to be able to live with my painting but uh, also to be one of the top painter like i want to be to i want to do the best painting i can do in my life okay um, at the second level like more the community level is to make people around me proud of this painting and talk make some painting would talk about the community who are around me okay like my art pieces don't have to be just my painting but have to be the painting of all the community okay mm. your work has to sort of speak to the present times of the community that you live in yes of course because like when i'm doing a painting at the first level like i'm doing some stuff but i part of a conscious because as a artist i feel like i'm um, how to say i'm like a, a temporal capsule from capsule. The, yeah a capsule okay. from this moment right yeah yeah i'm a capsule from this moment uh that is momentum but the momentum is bigger than me a lot of things go through me and arrive in the painting and me i, I catch just maybe 30% of the meaning yeah. of this painting but it's bigger than me for if it's a good painting of course and the community around can read the painting in different way and take it and make this painting not mine anymore but for the community okay and have yeah. different reading of these pieces yeah yeah but i think on a high level you're more of like a, i think the reference is it's more like you, you are the vessel right you're just transcribing the message and the message mm-hmm. you, you're able to capture is just a little over 30% and then mm-hmm. your audience who view your work are able to also interpret what they see and what they hear and what they mm-hmm. understand from yes. the piece and also add on to that message is that the case yes exactly okay Yeah, I think that's part of our job as artists to document the human consciousness in such ways that we are able to add to what already exists because a lot of this already exists we're just adding and we're just sort of pointing in different directions to what awareness we are bringing in our present times. That's what I mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. I think it's also important like for me to to be able to inspire other people like me yeah yeah 
Uh, I think I'm just a momentum in the art uh, history. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really important to give the, the, the wood stick to other artists to say, okay, now it's your time. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, yeah. My mission now is you. Yeah. Mm. To pass it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think that's a great mindset to have, but how did you piece all this together and how did you get to, to become this person, Usman? As I told you, I'm doing this podcast. Mine is in French, but I'm doing this podcast and try to to spread to to some people to the people who listen to me. But also when I'm working like when I have like a lot of work and I know I have to hire some assistant to help me, like this summer, I will hire some young artist who looks like me, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, I will hire some young black artist, make this discover what is to find, what is the life of the artist, of the professional artist. So I teach them like uh, uh, directly or indirectly what is to have some, some commission, what is to have like big exhibition work coming, how to do like uh, the communication, how I can think is important, etc. etc. That is they can see. They can see and take for themselves. And after in the future they will know how to do it. Because like a lot of people think art is just making the painting, but there are a lot of things to do around will make you uh, be able to live or not with your art. Can you explain? Like, um, I'll give you an example, but uh, when you sell a painting, you have to do invoice. Yeah, yeah. But how you do invoice if no one teach you? Yeah. And in art school, like, uh, people never teach you how to do invoice. And not this kind of thing will make you uh, gain a lot of time. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah, I understand. I understand. Mm. Usman, let's also talk about uh, your uh, inception journey to becoming an artist. How did you get started? When I was kids and uh, in France, like uh, I was watching all these anime and manga on TV. And every time what I love to do was to to draw some anime character on paper and cut uh, with scissor and play with this. Like I was uh, drawing, I don't know, Sangoku and cutting the paper and play looks like a toys and everything. Or I don't know if you notice uh, anime Sensei, Sensei, Knight of anime? the Zodiac. Which anime is that? Knight of the Zodiac. I haven't seen that. Okay, so I was, I was drawing some characters or video game characters, Sitar Skid and, and cutting and making some accessory building some stuff. Like since I was a kid, I was every time doing this and really cutting. It was something like I was doing often, like that was driving my mom crazy because she's maniac. She loves when it's clean. Yeah. Uh, every time I was cutting and there's some small paper sheet was everywhere and she was crazy, but it was inside me. So every time when she won't punish me, she was taking my, my, my pen and my scissor and my paper and hide somewhere in the house. But it was deep inside me. So I was running everywhere, digging everywhere to find my scissor on my pen and start again to to draw and 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 paint and everything. So 
So I started like this. It was really something I really like it. After when I grew up, I started to do some some comic strip with my cousin. So it's okay. it's really funny because for me, art is every time something I've done with other people. Because even when I was drawing like this, I was drawing with my cousin when I was young. But since I'm kids, I know I want to become artist. After I went to school and uh, I was in a junior high school and everything, but in France, you have a lot of racism and discrimination against black people. Mm-hmm. Uh, in school is one of the first place I faced racism and discrimination. Okay. So when I was in school, I tried to apply for an uh, art school for my high school. Yeah. But my junior high school uh, teacher refused about it. Mm-hmm. I went to to normal school and somehow I started to create some frustration inside me. But I'm, I have something really weird inside me is more you tell me no, uh, more I won't do it. <laughs> You're stubborn. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You're stubborn. <laughs> yeah. So, so hard. Yeah. Every time I'm laughing, I'm like, if my mom didn't hide my my pen and my scissor, maybe I will drop this, you know? But because yeah. she, yeah, every time she hide, you know what I mean? Like African mom, you don't have to do this, blah, 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 take, she take and hide and everything. Like, I want to do it more. <laughs> and after engineering high school, it's the same. Like, I was every day drawing in a in the classroom and the teacher get mad and crazy or is not listening, blah, blah. But me, like, uh, just let me alone. Like, I'm doing my life. I'm drawing and they don't want, you know. So after they did everything to not make me able to get this uh, art school, but they give me more motivation to keep drawing and painting. Yeah. Yeah. After I I finished my high school and my mom was thinking I will do like uh, I don't know, like uh, law or economics or something like this. And I told her, no, mom, I will go to art school. And she was like, she's an African mom. She didn't understand. Mm-hmm. She's like, what the fuck? Why you go to art school? Like, uh, that doesn't make any sense. You will be poor. It's for white people. But uh, I was like, no, no, I, I need to go there. And I did the contest to go to art school. And I succeeded one, and I went there, and I hated. Yeah, yeah, I really hated. Why? Like I was surrounded by. It was the first time I was just surrounded by white people, really rich kids. So I got like a kind of cultural shock. We don't yeah. have the same idea of life. We don't have the same point of view about life, and I think, you know, like. France is kind of a little bit segregated. So uh, white peop- some white people don't live where is the black and the Arabian and whatever, right? Yeah. So sometimes for them, for some of them, I think it was the first time they was meeting a black dude in their life. Wow. Yeah. You know, like uh, when you see the last name of this French people, you know, there was descendant of noble family. Okay. So rich family, right? So 
like uh, I, I got so much fight. You got into trouble. Yeah, fighting, fighting with fists, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. Like uh, I, I fought a lot there. I was fighting every time with some guys and this. You were fighting like, for your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But for real, because my family don't want to talk to me anymore because I want to ask to talk. Yeah. yeah. So they was not giving me any cash, any money, nothing. So it was difficult time. And also I go to school and school is shitty because people is shitty with me. Like I was really yeah. fighting for life. Like, yeah. Yeah. So also I get uh, in fight with a uh, teacher. I yeah. was in fight. I got in fight with teacher. So after one year I dropped out, I was like, it's too much for me. <laughs> you quit. I I've had it. Yeah. 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 Like uh, it was too much for me. So I quit. But honestly, I don't know, maybe God, the universe, whatever you call this, but it was the best thing who happened to me. Why? Because like, honestly, uh, in this art school, I have the, um, for me, I think art school don't teach you what you need to be able to live as an artist. Okay. And it's what, It's what is the majority of uh, people who are in art school fall to become uh, artists. Okay. So after this, I went to uh, a graphic design school. Okay. I learned graphic design and I went work for startups. Mm -hmm. But every time inside me, I was thinking about art. I was keeping drawing, painting, doing some cover for... Uh, some band. I have some friend who was a, a singer. I was doing some cover for them. Like I was every time in this art vibe, working with some uh, brand, you know, do some visual for brand. When I went to Paris to work for uh, startups, it's really there. I really learn uh, all what I need to be artist for me. Mm -hmm. mm. I didn't want like straight to become artist, but it was like, a, I don't know, a funny, for me it was a f really interesting uh, pass. Yeah. Hmm. What are some of the skills that you think you didn't get to learn from school, but you had to pick up yourself? I think be artist, for me, it's more to be entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. You're the part like where you are, Of course, yeah, the, the part you are doing your creative, creative work, work, right? Yeah. But for me, this is maybe 40% of the work. The 60% other percent of the work is how you will market this, how you will manage this, how you will be able to sell this and fix a lot of trouble, like the sending, the taxes, everything, make your business alive. Yeah make your business strong, how to sign some contract for galleries or exhibition, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that's the critical part. That's not taught in school. No, not in France. I don't know for other countries, but not in France. Do you think you can learn that from another artist? Can someone teach you that? Yes. Yes, I think you can learn this from other artists because for me, like, I think the best way to become artist is is to go to other artist atelier 
do internship yeah. and learn from the other artists. Yeah. Because you will see how we live. Yeah, yeah. In France, the majority of people who are doing teacher in art school, it's people who are at the end of their career mm-hmm. or people who fail in their career. Yeah. So you cannot ask to someone who failed to teach you how to succeed. It's it's weird, no? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's weird. Oh, you cannot, yeah. you cannot ask someone who hasn't succeeded to teach you what success is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, uh, yeah. I don't understand this system for me. It's like... Uh, you know, like all those books uh, that say how to be a millionaire and you look at the author, they, they haven't earned a million before. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly like this. When I'm watching on, sometimes I watch some video on uh, YouTube or TikTok. And as you say, all these guys will teach you how to get women or how to be millionaire and everything. <laughs> yeah. If you watch them, like, dude, you look broke. Or dude, I'm sure you don't have girlfriend. <laughs> Why you want, what do you want to teach me? Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I think to also add to that, you know, being an artist is about mastery. Mastery of self, right? Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think in the olden times, it's like being a carpenter. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to be a carpenter, you go work under someone who's a carpenter. You understudy them. You mm-hmm. are an apprentice mm-hmm. and you work for free. So you, mm-hmm. you do that for a number of years to get experience. When you've worked for some time, your master then gives you some capital to say, okay, now you're good. Go and start your, your carpenter business. You know, It's so funny you tell me this because... Where I'm living, just downstairs, the carpenter, because I'm living in Japan, right? Yes. And you know, Japan has the best craftsman in the world. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So there are some craftsmen just downstairs, and there are carpenter. And he told me uh, to be able to do what he is doing now. He went to his master, who teach him carpeting for ten or fifteen years. Yeah. And he he was not paid. Yes. And he was doing everything from cleaning to, uh, I don't know, making the rice for his master, yes. for like uh, yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. But he learned like this. Yes. And now he's able to do what he's doing. And as you say, it's about mastering. Yeah. But what is interesting, like he learned everything. He learned cooking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He learned cleaning. Yeah. But he learned also how to manage clients. Yes. For me, it's really important to go back like to this kind of apprenticeship. Yeah, because if you read about the artists in the Renaissance in Europe, mm-hmm. that was really like this. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. That's how Da Vinci, D'Angelo, and some of some of the greats. That's how they learned. They learned from a master by, yeah. by being an apprentice. And. You know, like, it's really interesting because in in France or in Europe, we, how we know this painting is made by these artists or these artists because they have the invoices. Yeah. So we know, like, uh, oh, on this painting, uh, was signed about this, the cost was that, and uh, the master who, who did it was him, and the apprentice was him because everything is wrote on the invoices. And that teach a lot about this. Like, there are stories I really love about Michelangelo. You know, Michelangelo was doing a, a statue, a big one statue. Yeah. I think for me, this is family. Yeah, yeah. 
and he was at the top. And you know, like uh, a statue, when you watch downstairs and when you watch upstairs, mm-hmm. it's not the same. Like, as a perspective, so you have to walk yeah. and make the head a little bit bigger. Yeah. Like this one you watch downstairs, mm-hmm. looks like a good size, right? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I think uh, Med- uh, one of the head of Medici's family came and asked to Michelangelo, Oh, because I was at the top, he said, oh, the head looks big. So could you uh, make the head uh, smaller? Michelangelo, know if he makes the head smaller, like the statue will not be good anymore. Yeah. So what I've done, he just takes some rock and let the rock fall down and make some noise. Looks like he was uh, walking yeah. <laughs> and tell the guy, oh, go there, watch. It's good now. Oh yeah, it's better. It's okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, you see. But this, this kind of stuff, you can just learn if you are in internship. You know. Yes, yes. That's very true. Mm. This, yeah. this you can't find in a book. It comes, it comes from experience and observation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I was just talking about carpentry, and you mentioned um, you living under a carpenter in your building. Yeah. yeah. Usman, what took you to Japan? How did you decide to settle there? Before I was traveling a lot. Already I was traveling a lot in Europe. And uh, I'm someone who loves moving and like uh, discover a new country, have new adventure and everything. And when I decided to be artist, like for me, like as you told me before, like art is about mastering. But there's something I really like is like... Uh, if you master the same technique of the other people, your art also looks like yeah. uh, the same as other people, right? Yes. So I was like, you know what? I love Japan. I love their culture. And that's something I really love is their mindset. Yeah. I love the craftsman mindset because Japan is not a country for artists. It's a country of craftsmen. Wow. Yeah. So I choose to come in Japan to get this craftsman mindset, this, you know how they are dedicated in something. Yeah. Like the craftsmen in Japan, when they do something, they try to do it perfectly. Yeah. They tell you it's like, I don't know, 20 years I'm working on this. I don't know. Look, the guy is just cutting wood and it's 20 years. He tried to cut the wood in the perfect way, yes, you know? Yes, yes. And he's not doing nothing else. He wake up at 5 a.m., start to work at 6, cut wood until 9, and do this every day until the end of his life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you know, like, um, on Netflix, there are these uh, documentary on Jiro. He's a sushi master. Yeah, yeah. And he say, you, you know, sushi, it's rice. It's just rice and fish. Yeah. So if you go uh, learn... Uh, sushi to his to his shop. The first thing he will learn is how to make rice, but proper rice. Okay. But you, you think it's just rice? Yeah. Rice, okay, I can do it. No, if you go to zero place, you will learn to rice to do rice for five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Five years just doing and rice. This, yeah. yeah, how to <laughs> and this. It's for people who are like talented. The people who are not talented is more. <laughs> so after this, we learn how to cut the fish and everything. Yeah. And this also will make you 
long, long time. But it's perfect rice. After this fire, you can just maybe with the, the smell, you can say it or the noise, you can, you can say it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's this kind of uh, mindset I want to have with my art and my painting. This kind of dedication. And like I came in Japan, uh, I get really lucky. I learned a lot of different techniques. Okay. I've learned, yeah, I've learned like uh, how to uh, create colors with pigment. Okay. So I learned some Japanese technique how to create uh, colors with pigment. So with the rock, how to crush the rock, how to put uh, the uh, animal protein, how to mix it a bit with water. And after you have the pigment, you can paint. How to make, so how to how, make the paint itself? Yeah, the paint itself. You know, like really, I I come back to the the ground of the painting. Like I really relearn how to paint because before before Japan, I was painting with acrylic. So with acrylic, what it is, you have your tube, you get out the color from the tube. Uh, here we go. You can go, right? Yeah. But when you have to create your colors from scratch, it's different because you have to think before how you, to you, make the colors. You have to, you have to think about what color you want to create before you start. Exactly. And this is crazy because when you start to go back there, you think you're painting in a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you get a different imagery formed in your mind. Yeah. Yes. Versus yeah. when you just have the colors and you're just mixing. Something I noticed with Jap- Japanese craftsmen, every time I went to their uh, shop, I was so surprised because they don't have so much material. You know, when you go to, I don't know, a, a French craftsman, you have so much material. But Japanese craftsmen, if you go inside their house, Maybe there are five or six materials, six tools. And yeah. they are using these six tools. For to 20 magic. years. <laughs> They've been using them yeah, for 20 years. Yes. You're like, wow. You just have you're just working with this? Yes, yes. You, we just need this. So when I start to work with this Japanese technique, Japanese pigment and everything, the same thing happened to me. I start to shrink my material. I start to shrink my color. Now I'm just working with uh, five colors. Five. Which you see are? my painting? Hmm? Which, which uh, are? Green, red, blue, orange, and black. Okay. How did you choose the colors? How I choose the colors? Like, little by little. In fact, at the beginning, I was working like... Uh, with the black, the black is a sumi, classic sumi. Sumi, it's a, uh, in English is Chinese ink. It's the beginning of uh, Japanese art. You know when they do their painting black and white with uh, brushes, everything? Yeah. So at the beginning, I learned this. I learned how to make the sumi because it's a rock. Okay. And it's a rock. And you put water and you have to turn the rock in the water. You have to grind it. Yeah. And this is really interesting because that you, you get 
uh, color, but if you do too much, it's too black. Okay. It's not interesting. But if you do a little bit, it's not enough black. So you have to find a good way to do it. Mm, right? Interesting. Yeah, yeah, really. That makes you think differently your, your, your practice. And after I start to work with this, one day I got a mistook. I've mixed the black sumi with the orange sumi. The orange one normally is to correct uh, your painting if you have mistook. Okay. And one day I, I mixed the, both of them. And by mistake. It was really, by mistake. But uh, it was so interesting because when I, I mixed both of them, I got this color. looks like black color, okay. black skin color. Okay. And I was like, wow. This is so interesting. Okay. So, so it's black, yeah. but it has a shade of brown almost in it. Yes. Yes. Like a skin color, yeah, skin tone. Yeah, it really looks like skin tone. Like you see, when you watch my painting, it looks like a skin tone, the, the, the kind of black I'm using, right? Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting. But for me, I start to think about uh, my painting, and I was like, I don't want just have like a, a black color. I want like how to say, work with stratification. Yeah, in layers. With layers, right? Mm-hmm. I start to take some what they call mokuhonga technique. It's a printing technique. Okay. You see, sorry, I'm using a lot of Japanese words. You see what they uh, call ukiyo-e. What's that? No. It's a traditional Japanese painting. Okay. So, in fact, the traditional Japanese painting is made by the technique of mokuhonga. It's a printing technique. They use a wood plate and they put colors on the wood plate. Okay. And after, they put a paper on the wood plate, water and paper on the wood plate. And after, they get out and you have the painting. Okay. It's a printing yeah. technique. I see. I see what you it's mean. It's a technique. Yeah. Beautiful technique. Like, you see oh, Hokusai, the, the wave of Hokusai, mm-hmm. the famous Japanese painting, mm-hmm. was made like this. Okay. Mm. I start to take this lesson, and I notice they, start, they work with not so much color. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they work with four, maximum five colors. So that gives me inspiration for my painting also. So after this, like I start to also work with four and five colors because I noticed with four or five colors, you can give a lot of different... You, you, you can talk a lot. You have a, a bunch of expression just with these four and five colors and you don't need more. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's how you chose your colors and that's how you've also developed your technique. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about your your actual work as well. What sort of thought process goes into you making your art pieces that you do? Mm, now, like my painting, after I find my technique, what was important is was to find what I want to talk about. And, you know, like as I told you, I'm a French uh, black man. Yeah, um, living in Japan. Living in Japan, like it's crazy. But what was really important for me was somewhere inside me to talk about what I am. Uh, what I noticed in France when I was uh, in this poor district, like 
looks like you are in jail. It's an open jail. You are here in the suburb, what we call banlieue, mm-hmm. but we are not able to go in the um, city and beautiful place and everything, you know, like it's because it's so far. I think something was really important for us is the fact to move, you know, because when you move, you meet some people, you get opportunity, you see something new, you get new idea. And what I notice when people try to keep your uh, low energy or low, they put you somewhere you cannot move. Okay. So in thinking like this about my life, I was like, okay, one of the things was the most important in my painting is to talk about movement. Because movement is freedom. If you are able to move, you can go here, you can go there. Like, uh, I don't know. You won't go to this college, you can go. You won't go to this uh, uh, museum, you can Yeah. Right? Yeah. You can go to this country, you can move. Like, uh, I have some cousin in uh, Senegal to give you an uh, example. They have a Senegal passport. It's so difficult for them to go out. Or sometimes I go to some exhibition. My friend who have to exhibit were from an uh, African country. He cannot come to the exhibition because he don't have a good passport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I see all of this, I understand, okay, movement is freedom. And in all my work, I'm talking about movement. And I've seen my work like a um, kind of safe space where people like me can come and for, I don't know, five, ten minutes, if I'm lucky, watch this uh, painting see something beautiful in movement and uh, forget about his daily life. Yeah. Dream a little bit. Yeah. Because... You can escape just for a bit. Yes, it's so important. Like, where I'm, I was born, it's so difficult to dream. You yeah. know what I mean? Yes, like, I know. Yeah. And... I think we need to have this kind of space like for our um, brother, for our children. I don't know if you have children, but for our children and everything, we need some space, uh, safe space for people dream. It's for this I'm, I'm working on this beautiful body, beautiful black body with a lot of straight uh, stratification of colors because we are... We are similar, but different in the same time, right? And the body is in movement in a space. And the body himself has a story, but he's also a part of the community of the body. The group of the body who have also altogether a movement. Yeah, yeah. And and I will also add on to that. um, there's, there's, there's a particular film I, I like, which I'm going to reference. Um, have, you, have you watched The Matrix? Yeah. Okay. So, so that's one of my favorite films. And in that movie, in relation to what we are talking about right now, you realize that a lot of people are stuck in a system. The system, the system was created before you, right? So mm-hmm. you are born into the system. Mm-hmm. To, to some degree, you are aware that you are in a system. Mm-hmm. But to a large degree, you're also aware that you can do nothing about it. Yes. So, so the complexity there is how do I escape the system, right? 
So now it becomes a it becomes almost a daring challenge if you choose to escape the system. So then that's when you have to make the decision. Am I willing to make this choice to escape the system? That's where freedom of movement comes in because then you're choosing to move out of the system in your way of thinking, in your way of being, your way of doing things, right? And I feel yeah. like the modern society has placed a lot of people in, in boxes in that way, you know? So even in ways of thinking, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of movement. So movement also is also distance. It's also frequency, right? So it takes a lot of work to move to a different frequency than normal. Mm-hmm. Do you get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And yeah. I feel like that is how we as artists help everyday people to also to say, you know, pay attention. This, this, you need to get out of that box. You need to get out of that system. You know, there's, there's mm-hmm. more out there. So like, this is funny. Um, this is more personal. When I was in France, uh, the image they have about a black folk yeah. was the image. But when I was in France, for me, it was a kind of reality. And after I started to travel and I went to Japan and I was really surprised the image they have about black folk is totally different. How different? Really totally different. I, I will give you a simple example. Recently, I, I was in France uh, when there was a riot. You know, there was a riot yeah, recently, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was 2019 or 2017. No, no, there was like uh, last two months ago, there was riots in France. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. I wasn't aware yeah. of that. Hmm. I was in, uh, I have my uh, atelier in the third. I don't know if you know Paris. No, I don't know Paris. Okay. Uh, the third is a beautiful district of Paris. Le Marais. Okay. I have this atelier in Le Marais. I was working there until 11. And I went out to the atelier to, to, I don't know, chill or move. I don't remember why. And I saw police. And the police come and control me and ask, him, ask me, what are you doing here? For them, the idea was like, a black guy cannot uh, live in the third, in this district. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In other way, in Japan, I'm living in a, in a cool place also. Mm-hmm. But this thing doesn't happen because they have a other idea of black people. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this, when I start to see this, like uh, another example, when I'm in France and I go to some shop, sometimes some people can think I will steal. Yeah, yeah. And when I'm in Japan, when I'm in a shop, I'm a customer like the other one. Yeah. And when you start to live these two different reality, you start to think like, oh, but it's just them who have this point of view on me. It's not me, you know? Yeah. And you start to broke the, the shell and, yeah. and you start to have more freedom because you know it's not about you anymore. It's about them. But if I was able to, to get this, 
is because I uh, I have moved yeah. and travel. Yeah. Yeah. And this thing, every time I try to put in my painting, because I know, okay, me, I'm lucky. I'm able to travel and everything, but I won't give this kind of uh, thinking and mindset. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in, yeah. in my painting, like yes. this other guy also got it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So is this like uh, this this kind of uh, energy? I want I want people get it when when they are seeing my painting. Okay, people put you in the box, but it's a people's point of view. It's not you. Yeah, this point of view doesn't have to define you. If you go somewhere else, you will have another point of view about yourself. So don't let these people have impact on you. Define yourself. Yeah. That's amazing. So Usman, how how long have you been practicing? If we, if you want ask me seriously, like just four years I'm I'm painting now seriously. Okay. Like really painting, painting four years, but uh not all my life. Yeah. So professionally you know, like you, story. You, you've been doing it for four years. Yeah, like funny story. When I arrived in, in Japan, like I have to work with a company, but the company dropped me. At the last moment, they dropped me. And I didn't come with a lot of money in Japan because I, w- I was going to work. So, you know, it is a really expensive country. So I, I spent my money so quick. I'm like, fuck, what I will, I will do, find what, what I can do because like I don't have money anymore. I, I was almost homeless like i was sleeping in a in couch of couch of friends here and there you know and i don't have money enough money to to take transport and tokyo is the biggest city in the in the in the world yeah so when they give you a meeting to one point to the one point is a lot of uh, it's it's really big so I have to walk every time. But because if I didn't walk at that time, I was not able to feed myself. Yeah. But even that, even when it was difficult, I was keeping some money to buy some uh, paper to, to draw and paint. And I was painting on this paper and try to sell to my friend. And at that time, I realized, okay, Usman, even when it's really, really difficult, even when you have nothing, you you keep some money to buy uh, paper and paint. So, okay, you're artist. Yeah. You, you feel me? Yeah. So, so, after that, when I understand, even when it was difficult for me, I was keeping painting and doing everything. Like I was like, okay, you know what? You, uh, try try to really do it because since you're a kid, it's what you want to do. It's like this, I've started to really, really uh, do it seriously in Japan. Yeah. How long have you been living in Japan for? Five years. Okay. Would you say you've found commercial success? Uh, I, I don't know. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> like, um, 
I'm really happy. Like, okay, let's be honest. I'm really happy. Like, I have some sales and everything. But what makes me happy, like, that gives me the opportunity to work on biggest uh, project. Yeah. Like, I have the opportunity to work on biggest project, to have atelier, and also to hire some people yeah. and work with them. Yeah, yeah, to have a team. Yeah, and uh, now it's really cool because, like, in Japan, like, you have really the best material, art material in the world, and I, I'm able to buy some more expensive material, yeah. more expensive brushes, more expensive painting and everything, more expensive paper because I'm working with all this paper. So Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really happy about this. Yeah. Really, really happy, and I will keep pushing because, like, uh, I I won't be able to make bigger and bigger painting, bigger, bigger project. Yeah. Mm. And Usman, what has been the most challenging part of this journey? What has what has been the mm. most difficult part aspect of it? I think the relationship with the gallery, because when I was a young artist, I was thinking like. Just to be in a gallery was looks like my paradise, you know. Oh, I will be in this gallery and we'd be so cool and everything will be okay. And, but uh, gallery, it's like uh, sometimes could be really harsh. You can have some bad story and everything, and you have to be, um, I don't know, like uh, you have to take attention about everything. Yeah. Mm. And you have to protect your your world because, like, uh, they are not just good people in yeah. the art world. Mm. But you, it's okay. Like, can you mm? explain on that? Like, you know, art is not like uh, regulated. Regulated, like um, it's not regulated. Like, I don't yeah. Know. yeah, it's not regulated. And sometimes you can you can fall on some people who are not so good. Uh, with your art, like they can take your art, like just a, a product. Don't have the respect you have to to get and everything. Some people will, you know, like every time there are money and uh, talent, you will have bad people. So you have to take care what the contract you sign, uh, with who you are working, how he see your work, if it's seeing like for long term or just a guy who come for opportunity and short term, like you have to watch about all of this. Yeah. So. There's a, there's a lot you have to be careful about. Yeah. Yeah. About this. Yeah. And even uh, like, uh, because I'm really happy uh, to be able to, to put my uh, work in collection, but also you have to take care of who is a guy who buy your art, because some people they are just buying your art to sell you in uh, two three years when your price will, will rise. Yeah, and you don't yeah, want this. Yeah. <laughs> so I think this is the most challenging part for me. Yeah, and then uh, I think back to our conversation on what we were saying. Yeah, all of this comes from experience. Or learning from a master, you you wouldn't figure out this by going to art school or by yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the same time, Usman, if if you're so 
look into the future 10 years from now? Like, what's your vision of the future in 10 years from now um, as an artist? Where, where do you see the world going? Where do you see even your work going? So in 10 years, like, I think, or oh, maybe... I will have more experiences. My technique will be stronger and also my concept will be really, really good. Uh, my opinion, like humanity will, the world is changing. Yeah. Uh, the world is changing and humanity is facing a lot of different challenge, like the global warming also for a lot of different challenge, right? And I hope uh, at that time, my work will be enough strong to help the different people to give some strength to different people to pass this challenge. Yeah. So this is my dream about myself in 10 yeah. years. And I think mm. like you said earlier, we hope that through even this conversation um, um, and to what we are doing, we can give people the chance to continue dreaming and continue believing mm -hmm. just like you as well. I also want, want to inspire people. I, I think sometimes we can live our lives in such a way that we become examples that if Usman did it, I can do it too. So important, right? Yeah. So, so important. Like, uh, I'm, we are living a really interesting time because if you watch all these TV show now or Netflix and everything, like you see more and more black, Latino, minority queers, whatever, there, and they will say, our son, when they will watch TV, they will be inside this. When they will go to museum, they will see some black people in the museum. And uh, like, uh, I don't know, in um, Cape Only this month, we have the opening of uh, uh, Kehinde Wiley. Yeah. You know Kehinde Wiley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kay Bonley, every time I went there, I never saw a black dude inside. Never, never. But for the first time, a black artist will be in Kay Bonley, one of the most conservative museums in France. And it's a big one. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm happy like, to live in, in this time. And I'm happy to know for our son, Uh, for our descendant, it will be normal. Yeah. Mm. So this makes me really, really happy. Yes. And I think the new normal is that as black people, now we have our own museums, you know? Yeah. We have our own spaces. So we, we can decide what goes inside this space. And that's, exactly. that's important to the conversation moving forward, ownership. West African countries taking really seriously now, more and more seriously, um, the art world. And they understand how it's important, uh, how art is important for them. Like when I went to Dakar, like I went last uh, year for Biennale of Dakar, I saw like uh, now uh, some, uh, but Dakar is kind of particular because since long time, they take really the culture really, um seriously but i know like avory coast ghana 
yeah. uh, Nigeria, all this country now, they take art seriously, they take artists seriously, and you have a new uh, wave of black collectors who uh, buy black artists. And this is really important because um, our art pieces will not be again in Europe or America. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you watch all our best yeah. black artists in general, there are pieces in Europe and or America. And this is a problem. It's a great time to be alive, Usman. So, isn't it? I think also. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great time to be alive. Yeah. I think, I think we, we, we've spoken on a lot of in- interesting points. Uh, this has been a great conversation. Do you have any last words you want to add for our listeners? No, not for the moment. Nothing yeah, comes yeah, to good. me. Okay. Yeah, okay. good. Okay. And then, Usman, in your own words, what's your definition for love? Love? Yes. Wow. Well, it's complicated. <laughs> uh, my definition of love. I don't. For me, it's something inside you you cannot leave. It's something inside of you you cannot leave. Yeah, like uh, I don't know because like when I see the, the something I really love, like I love painting, but uh, it's inside me and I cannot like uh, it's, it's inside. It. Yeah, I cannot like. Uh, Make it no, it's inside me. And even when I, uh, I see the people I love, they are like inside me. They live inside me. It's something yeah. you keep inside you. Mm. Okay. You okay. carry with you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed our, our chat. Yeah. Sorry, English is not my language. You know, like uh, sometimes I feel confused, like in my world and everything. Ah, I, th- I think you did so well. This was so good. You did very well. You did very well. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you so much for your time today, Usman. It's been a pleasure. Okay, cool. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. No problem. Bye-bye.